NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Road to Muni podcast. Uh, I don't even know what number we're on right now, Pat. We've we've taped every week. Uh, I think episode five. Uh, we've had the, the darnest time uh, uh, with episodes. Um, so we, we may be looking in the future, maybe uh, shortly after the break, uh, of switching up a little bit uh, of our of our host here. Um, no, no, uh, I know that we have a uh, ad in here for Anchor. Uh, there's no uh, no hatred towards Anchor, but uh, um, definitely not serving us the, the best right now. So uh, maybe maybe seeing some some future changes uh, with the with the Road to Muni podcast. Maybe we'll, we'll see. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Pat and I both have a, a face for radio, uh, but uh, yeah. coming this, uh, coming up uh, here soon too. We're kind of uh, researching all different avenues. Um, but with that, Pat, uh, how you doing, man? You doing all right? Good. Yeah, it's a real shame that people haven't heard these last couple episodes. We've been really giving some some good insight, and I, I've had you know almost a dozen Holy Cross references within each episode. So I, I'm sure the people have missed that, but but fear not, we are uh, back and ready to roll. Yeah, back and ready to roll. Uh, we, we've, like I said, I, we've uh, said our Hail Marys. We've crossed our fingers. I even, I even have my toes crossed right now. So we will venture out into this podcast, this episode of the podcast, and uh, and see how it goes. Because I think we, um, you know, it was kind of a big week with the new Top 25 coming out. Um, obviously, a, a new number one in the country, a very deserving uh, Thomas Moore team. Uh, you know, it's a it's a team that uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the last year of NEI basketball, but they they're certainly making the best of it. Uh, and Reed Jolly is one of my best or one of my favorite players to uh, to watch play, and um, and it's more than Reed Jolly. This team is so deep. I mean, just uh, uh, you know, you can see it saw a nasty Noah pa- pack a, a tip dunk this weekend, but uh, I'm up and down the lineup. Uh, a lot of good players and a well coached uh, uh, bunch. So um, yeah, I. I not overly surprised uh, the new number one team in the country. Right. Yeah, certainly deserving. And we talked a couple weeks ago about the defense of them. And, uh, yeah, they're so balanced from top to bottom. I have guys that can, you know, hit you in different spots every single night. But, yeah, Reed Jolly is, is the straw that serves the drink there. It certainly is fun to watch. And uh, they they look like the team to beat between the balance and the defensive efforts. It's, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting to see how if they can hang on to this number one ranking, or or if they can get somebody trips them up in conference play here in the second semester. And it's a it's a tough league. I mean, Mid South is is a very deserving right. a team that uh, you know two years removed from from a national title uh, with Shawnee State, and uh, even prior to to moving one division, uh, Mid South is just uh, um, you know national title after national title after national title lined up, uh, especially with Georgetown and uh, and some others lined up there, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, as you look through the top 25, um, we're, we're going to actually uh, talk to Coach Chris Wright here after a bit. But uh, the newest team and the biggest jump in the in the top 25 will be uh, Langston, Oklahoma. Uh, finally starting to get a little bit of the the uh, love and respect that they probably deserve. Um, you know, I, I don't know where your thoughts are, Pat, but uh, just, you, you know, it, it's something that for, for us, I know Langston went one and twenty-seven last year, um, but you, you got to throw that out the door in our opinion. That's why we've had them ranked in our preseason poll and then every poll since. And uh, um, just a team that uh, and, and Coach Wright will give us his two cents worth too. And um, I, I know that he's very candid about his team, so 
Uh, I'm sure we'll hear some great, great uh, tidbits there too. But, um, you know, this Langston team is just not that team from last year. I mean, you, you take uh, Coach Wright from, uh, you know, national runner-up uh, Talladega, uh, and you bring him over, and, and he had a lot of the – or several guys that came with him from Langston team uh, uh, that were redshirting last year, and then they, they brought in some NEI American transfers and uh, and some D1 drop-down transfers. And uh, uh, like I said, it, it's a new-look Langston team, and, uh, and Chris Wright uh, with his uh, of mentality, uh, they're looking pretty solid. Yeah, and I think that's where there might be a little bit of a hang-up is Langston is in that team from last year, and I think the argument could be made for some other teams maybe historically have been, you know, pretty, pretty good, but they aren't that team from last year either. So you're always going to have some some disputes when it comes to rankings, but a team that goes 1-27 last year is obviously different than a team that, you know, same program this year. So credit to Coach Wright. I think I deserve a little bit credit too for maybe – uh, letting a little fire underneath his defense. We, we've seen them kind of crank things up defensively. They they held a team under 50, and they, they've consistently been, you know, in the 50s defensively. So they um, uh, yeah, obviously deserve to be in, um, and just a good story, right? The interview is going to be great, and I think it's always interesting to see what a team can do with a new coach and how quickly things can get installed. But he's obviously got things rolling over there. Yeah, and then you just jump around. Uh, you know, it's something we mentioned uh, a couple times here that uh, um, the two two longest streaks in the in the country. Uh, uh, you know, Indian, or Indiana Wesleyan uh, coming in at twenty one in the country. Uh, they extended their uh, top twenty five streak uh, to one hundred and five, one hundred six weeks uh, in the top twenty five. Obviously, that goes back to when they were uh, Division two as well, and then making the jump into Division one. They've been ranked the entire time, uh, and then William Penn holding on to the twenty five spot. Uh, 50, uh, we're sorry, I think it's 61 straight polls now uh, for them. Uh, two teams, you know, with, with great tradition. Uh, you know, I would consider both of them uh, national powers. Uh, you know, William Penn is uh, got a lot of sophomores playing for him, which is actually kind of fun to watch. You know, they're a traditional uh, transfer heavy, but uh, losing nine sophomores over that played, or sorry, nine uh, seniors from last year's team that played uh, three years together. Um, you know, and, and we talk about some teams and part of our conversation for today, uh, Pat, is going to be uh, just, you know, some of these teams that are, you know, we've, we've mentioned before that some of them are getting to get into feel and, and playing out uh, each other a little bit. Um, but then we have some other teams across the, the country that, you know, they're just not playing overly great basketball. And some of them are finding ways to win. I know uh, uh, Marion before this weekend, for example, uh, um, you know, I thought they played probably four not so great halves coming into that yeah. in game. Um, and then they put a, 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 and they won those first two games uh, with those four bad halves, but then they turn around um, and put a bad half together against Indiana or at, or at home against Indiana Wesleyan. Um, and you just can't do that against good teams. Uh, they put themselves uh, down 21 at the half. They did fight all the way back to, to end up losing by two, but uh, um, you know, Marion's certainly one of them, you know, J we saw a Jamestown team that just didn't play very well at home this weekend um you know all the way down the board even evangel uh they, you know it's a long trip uh for from uh down to in southern missouri to uh, des moines iowa but they even struggled a, a little bit against uh uh you know a grandview team and they end up uh, getting a three-point win you know against a team that, that has taken uh some beans a little bit this year so um you know it's just that time of year a, a little bit pat that um i know you'll have some insights on this too but 
Um, you just can't, you know, even a Loyola team from last year, the one in the national title, they, you know, they were preseason ranked number one. I think they only went like one or two weeks where they, where they weren't in the one, the, the one overall spot. Um, but even they didn't play well for 40 minutes every game, every time out. Um, it's just one of those things that's impossible to do, even for the best teams in the country. Yeah, and I think you talked about Marion against Indiana Wesleyan. I think Indiana Wesleyan is a really good example of that, where, you know, early in the year, there were certainly were some questions about, you know, is this an Indiana Wesleyan team like we've seen in the past? And, you know, they they struggled early, and it's easy to hit the panic button, but now you see them kind of settle in and go on the road and beat a really good Marion team who's been one of the best teams in the country. And then, like you said earlier, Marion really kind of had been flirting with disaster for the last couple of games where they put themselves in a hole early and had to claw out of it, and, and then it came back to, to bite them where they couldn't get all the way back. So it's it's just, you know, it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in one game or, or you know, if you're you're on the outside, looking in it's easy to kind of think hey maybe things are going a little awry with that program but on the inside a lot of those conversations are usually like hey we obviously have not been playing well or we obviously have lost this game let's just keep it moving right we're not going to dwell on this we've got the best thing about the way the schedule is set up is you got two three days you get to play again right let's just get back on the horse and we're going to keep competing and if you have that mentality you know when you're just within the locker room, you're going to do good things. I remember when we were at Holy Cross, we had, we started the, the season with some really tough opponents, and we never once wavered, right? It, it was like, look, we understand who we're playing. We understand who we are. Certainly, we wish we would have won. You know, I remember we had gotten beat by uh, those Cumberlands, and then we had played Bethel twice, and they beat us both times. And, you know, you kind of get a feel like, hey, we didn't win those games, but maybe we were in them, right? We were competing. We know what we're capable of, and we went on to win 20 games. So I think that's probably the, the sign of a good season. If you win 20 games or more, you, you could probably be all right with that. But, you know, it's it's all about what's going on inside that locker room. It's all about guys just sticking together and, and not letting things, you know, sink too fast if you lose a game and just getting back the next game. Yeah, well said, brother. That's uh, – uh... Yeah, you know, it's it's easy to – and even if you compound, you know, one loss with a second one, um, it, you know, it, you were still early enough where, it, you know, you can recover from it, especially in the polls. Um, I will say that, it, you know, I I do I do think the polls uh, this year have been pretty – you know, in the, in the past we've seen a lot of the top 25 polls where a loss may really catapult you down the rankings. It's cool to see, especially with uh, – you know, some of these road conference games, because I, I don't even want don't even, you know, that's another topic we could talk about too, but yeah, these, these road conference games, um, you know, they're just, they're just tough to win and, and the conference games in general are tough to win. I mean, you look at Saturday's schedule, Pat, and, and Saturday we had almost 45 games on the slate that were decided by seven points or less. I mean, that, and then a majority of those are all conference games. I mean, just crazy. Uh, a conference, you know, conference just brings out the best of people. We've talked about it several times on this episode. Some of it are on uh, the episodes that were the best episodes ever in our, you know, weren't yeah. <laughs> the lost tapes. Yeah, yeah tapes of, of the road to Muni. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, it's something that we've, we've tried to talk about for the last couple of weeks, especially. Um, and just in the sense that, that uh, you know, conference games are just a different battle. And uh, as much as we love the non-conference, uh, you know, conference, you know, 
power conference versus power conference or or top 25 matches between two uh, uh, non-conference opponents. Uh, the, these conference games are, are just so much fun to watch. And uh, like we've talked about, uh, like I said, uh, you know, these teams know each other. The coaches, for the most part, know each other because they've been around the league for, you know, five plus years. And uh, for, you know, obviously the new coaches coming in are, are, uh, are learning a, a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, and, co- and the old coaches are learning about the new coaches and their philosophy and styles. But, uh, um, yeah, it's just, you know, when you have 45, nearly 45 games uh, on a single day, they're decided by, you know, two or three possessions uh, it just it just makes for a lot of fun basketball well i think you mentioned road conference games if you're new to the nai or maybe you're just unaware of this there are charter flights to these games a lot of these are bus trips and i was talking before we started i, I did an iusb women's game you know earlier this week and the team got caught in traffic they showed up 30 minutes before tip so like there are certain factors that you just can't account for that make things that much more difficult for you. So yes, you are going to play a really good opponent and then you throw that on top of it and it just makes things really hard and really difficult. So to go on the road, to get off the bus and pick up a win is so, so hard to do. And now more than ever, you know, there certainly is a little bit of time, but as we move into the second semester, every conference game becomes so, so important because like we've talked about in the past, not every team makes every conference tournament. So, yes, you can, you can maybe afford to lose one or two, but as soon as that two becomes three or four, then you're really on a slippery slope. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about uh, uh, a lot more conference tournament details uh, as, as we flip the, the page into, Jan- or into the 2023 uh, year and, and then flip the page into January. But uh, – um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, we just talked about, I talked about it, you know, it's not just new coaches, uh, maybe, uh, at the university, but, you know, or new to the NEI level, but, uh, um, you know, we have a new coach, even the, like Chris, coach Chris Wright, uh, Langston, like we talked about a little bit, um, uh, we're, we're going to bring him on shortly, but just to talk a little bit more about them, uh, you know, it, it's interesting and, and something we could ask him about you know, getting adjusted to leagues and he's come out, you know, they're obviously nine and oh right now, uh, five and oh in sack play, uh, student athletic conference play, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, he's having to learn a whole new league himself. And so, uh, coming over from the Southern States league, which was obviously a power last year with two teams in the, in the national title game, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, as, as people learn leagues and, and people learn them, you know, even his style, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of the year. Um, I, it's just something that it's fun to fun to watch the the gamesmanship of of uh, NEI basketball because there's so many great coaches at this level. Um, I don't think everybody gets credit for, but uh, or you know maybe doesn't get as much credit for. But uh, um, just love watching these coaches battle and uh, you know not just in game adjustments, but uh, uh, some of their game plans going into games and, and watching and seeing what they're what they're trying to maybe take away or or trying to attack the weaknesses of other teams is kind of fun to watch. So. But yeah, without further ado, I mean, uh, I think this is a good good spot to uh, uh, talk some Langston basketball and and uh, bring on uh, head coach Chris Wright. Something that that Pat and I talked about before coming on, uh, before you bringing you on, is that uh, um, you know you took over a program that was one in twenty seven, and and it's unfair to kind of probably keep bringing that up just because you know it's like we the reason we had you in our uh, preseason rankings and in every ranking since then is just that. You know, if you were still at Talladega and had this team at Talladega coming off the year that you had, you know, we feel that that's, you know, very deserving of a top 25 ranking. 
Um, I know, I know that uh, <laughs> uh, you're not shy about uh, saying, you know, that you guys were were a little upset out, out of the the previous ranking for this week, uh, and kind of motivated your guys a little bit. Uh, but you want to talk about maybe the transition from Talladega to uh, Langston, and and maybe why you chose Langston, and then uh, maybe even get into uh, your schedule a little bit this year so far. Yeah. So. Um, obviously after playing, you know, in the national title last year, um, you know, there was just a lot of kind of changes that were going on at Talladega, um, just with our administration and, um, you know, it's really kind of a God thing, how it worked out for me to, uh, you know, to come here at Langston. Um, you know, I tell people all the time I work for, you know, the best and most supportive, um, president in the country. Um, you know, from a basketball coach standpoint, he gets it. He wants to win. He's about graduating our guys. Um, and so, man, for me, being here really has been like a, a dream come true, you know, not to mention I'm only about, you know, three and a half hours from home for me in Fort Worth. And so, uh, you know, when I got on campus and, and was able to interview for the job, it, it's, it's just, again, it's a God thing how it worked out. You know, there's a, there's a million ways to, to win basketball games there's a million ways to recruit, you know, there's a million ways to build a team and all that, and that uh, stuff. And, um, I, I know that you're you're usually uh, I know you you like four year kids too so not to not to say that but I know you're pretty usually pretty transfer heavy as well and and you guys uh, uh, spent some time bringing in a couple of big time NEI transfers um, and Tristan Harper and, and even AJ Rainey and then uh, a fascinating thing you know and, and I I think sometimes people get caught up too much on starting and not starting but uh, um, I know AJ Rainey has even come off the bench a few times for you this year and um, as a kid that was an All American last year. Uh, you know, how do you get get guys to kind of buy into just what's best for Langston? So for us, we want to get Division One um, caliber players that can, you know, help us win big on the court. But to me, you know, obviously it's not just about talent. It's about getting guys that, you know, can really buy into, um, you know, being a part of something bigger than themselves. And so that's one thing that I love about our team. I think we're very, very unselfish. Um, you know, guys really don't care who's scoring, who's playing what minutes, who's starting. Uh, at the end of the day, they just want to help us win games. And so that's a big credit to them to to buy into, you know, really kind of what our culture is and, and what our goals, goals are as a program. Coach, there's no secret last year we talked a lot about the Talladega defense, and certainly this year we're seeing the Langston defense come into form. I just played in a men's league where I – shot about a dozen threes and jogged from end to end and gave up about a half do- <laughs> a half dozen rebounds. How do you how do you get a guy like me to buy in to the defense of Langston? What is well, it that makes your defense so special? Well, well Pat, I, I'm sure you're a great defender, man. So having really good defenders, you know, that's that uh makes my job a lot easier. Um but I don't know. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day it just comes down to right habits and reputi- repetition. And so um and I think guys know that they're not going to play near the minutes they want or they're not going to get on the court unless they really buy into what we do defensively. Um, you know, I know we don't play super fast, but we do try to give our guys some freedom on the offensive end. And so that's kind of right. Always my bargaining chip with them. Like, man, <laughs> if you guys will, you know, really buy into what we want to do defensively, you're going to have some freedom on the other end. And, you know, fortunately it's worked out pretty good for us. Not to date myself at all, but, uh, you know, because I know a lot of people uh, sit in cushioned chairs now on the bench. But uh, I know that the old saying was those wooden splinters can send a message to your brain pretty fast. So, uh, you know, riding the bench is no fun. And uh, if you want to get off, you better play some defense, especially at Langston. Um, Coach, you want to talk about maybe, uh, you know, joining a new league, you know, uh, arguably the best 
uh, conference last year um, and in, in the Southern States Athletic Conference. And the NEI is kind of unique and it rotates to, you know, kind of where the power conferences are. You know, you kind of have your ones that are there every year, but then the top probably conference kind of rotates around. Uh, can you talk about maybe what it's like from from going or from leaving the Southern States and now, uh, you know, you're five, you're, uh, five games into athletic conference play and uh, maybe what you've seen from teams you haven't played, but also uh, just, you know, adjusting yourself and and, uh, and your staff and players uh, to, to get ready for sooner athletic conference play. You know, I think that, you know, across the country, like you said, obviously there's, there's a lot of really good conferences uh, everywhere. And if you ask coaches what the best conference is, they're going to, of course, say the one that they're in. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, Hey, the, the SAC is a great league. I think it's a very well coached. Um, you know, there's just really not any easy games anywhere on the schedule, you know? So it's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I look down at every game we have remaining and man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty worrisome, uh, looking at that. And so, but it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, you know, it's kind of unique, uh, Clint Gallion at Wayland Baptist was, um, you know, one of my former assistant coaches, but he's also one of my best friends. And so, you know, it's been fun to kind of be in the league with him as well. You know, it won't be fun the couple times we play, but, you know, just kind of getting to share a lot of the, uh, the ups and downs of the season with someone in your league. It's, it's pretty fun. Second year in the sack as well. So, you know, he can, uh, you know, I want to say he's a veteran by any means, but definitely uh, got uh, got some experience last year that you can help probably lean in on as well. I know uh, you're going to go to a non-conference game uh, um, here this week. Um, you know, I know most people are in finals week. I don't know if, if that's you guys as well, but, uh, and then you're going to end the week, uh, you know, uh, playing on Saturday uh, with the late nation's lean score. And then you turn around, you just talked about uh, uh, Coach Galen and you play, you play a ranked Wayland Baptist team, um, you know, here uh, basically to end the semester. I know you guys have your and your, your student athletic conference play for the semester. Uh, you know, for the for the people that are listening that maybe don't know, you know, maybe talk about, you know, how finals week kind of transitions into, uh, you know, you know, kids playing a lot of games without having to go to class and then what your guys break will look like. Uh, and, and maybe that transition just from December to January games. Yeah. So for us, um, it's kind of unique this year. So I think this was the first time um, that Langston's ever done this, but we started school on August 1st. And so our guys actually got out um, on Thanksgiving week. So that was uh, kind of finals week for us. And so, uh, so man, they, I know our guys have had a lot of extra time on their hands, which, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't real happy with the the way we played the last couple games. And so I said, man, we're going to take up all of our guys' time now. <laughs> lots more film, lots more meetings. And, um, you know, it, it must have worked. So we played a lot better yesterday. But it, it, it really is kind of a transition, though, because I think guys get used to, right, being in a certain routine on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursdays. Your schedule's kind of the same, right, week in and week out. And then when – uh finals ends all of a sudden right there's no classes and so yeah it definitely is an adjustment there's no doubt about that and you get a you get a you know this is what again i haven't coached in a long time but uh, when i was coaching we always try to tell our guys you know this is the this is the best time of year for you because you live life as a pro you know if you really want to be a pro here you are you know you don't uh not go to classes for a couple weeks you can live in the gym you can live in the film room you know if you're if you're banged up you know go get treatment and stuff like that so um, I know, uh, I know that that's probably uh, a lot of your guys. You know, guys that have gone pro in the past, and you got several guys that are looking for pro careers. Uh, um, you know, when they're done at Langston, but uh, 
um you know this is the pro-life for the next couple of weeks for this so that's awesome that they uh, uh you know thanksgiving week it seems early for finals week but uh, uh that's awesome that they get to live maybe a full month now uh um you know playing basketball games yeah i i definitely think they enjoy it um we got to probably get them off 2k a little more and get them into the gym <laughs> getting up a few more jumpers but uh no they've uh I, I think they've had a good time, uh, you know, with it. And, and, you know, and honestly, I think it's good because um, it kind of changes up some of the monotony and some of the grind just that you go through throughout the year. So we've tried to change up our schedule a little bit and uh, keep things fresh for them, uh, you know, just throughout this time. Yeah, always great stuff uh, from from uh, Chris Wright, uh, uh, friend of the show, as we like to say. Um, Coach, we uh, appreciate you coming on and talking about uh, – uh, your 15th ranked uh, Langston Lions. I know uh, um, just over the past couple of years uh, of what Langston basketball has been like, I'm sure it means a lot to uh, not just the university, but the community as well to uh, uh, have championship level basketball being played. Um, Coach, uh, as always, thanks for coming on. Hey, you guys are very kind. I appreciate you guys. That is Coach Chris Wright, again, from the 15th ranked Langston, Oklahoma Lions. Uh, Coach and uh, them will be playing again on Tuesday night. Uh, we look forward to watching them the rest of the season. The Stock Riser Report. Pat, uh, uh, you know, as, as we as we transition into the Stock Riser Report, maybe, uh, you know, again, you know, it's, uh, you know, this Langston team may be a Stock Riser just from, from being 1-27 yeah. last year. Uh, but a team team that uh, you know, like we said, is is probably uh, um, you know as a top fifteen team in the country right now. Uh, we'll see how they fit, can finish the year. Um, but a team that uh, a team that uh, you know if they continue to play defense like they're you know continue to play a really good defense, uh, you know a team we could see uh, in Kansas City this year um, in Municipal Auditorium. And so when you talk about the Road to Muni podcast, uh, that can make it to to Kansas City, and there there could be one. Of them. Yeah, and I'll start off start us off on stock risers report because I did have Langston, and specifically like we just talked with Coach Wright, their defense, and I mean it is just awesome to see. You know, you, you, they give up forty six in a game. They seem to be rounding into shape, and to me that is I'll contradict myself later in this segment, but I like seeing the defensive efforts of teams, and and it's it's when a team overwhelms another team defensively it's it's a beautiful sight you know they just seem to be so in sync so in lockstep guys ready to help and the one-on-one defense the on-ball defense starts with everything and langston is starting to show that now so yeah langston is my first stock riser of the week i'm gonna go player wise here with this one and uh you know we talked about indiana wesley and to start the podcast a little bit and one of the reasons why i think that they're kind of starting to to turn that corner and show kind of what they're going to be um, is the the play of Javon McCann and the six seven freshman uh, out of Lafayette, Indiana. Um, you're talking about a kid who, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that that's tough to do, no matter you know how good of players you have. But yeah, it's a good call out there. Um, I'm actually going to go to another player and uh, another player that we we highlighted um, thanks to, thanks to a Philadelphia connection. Um, speaking of which, if you want to go back to that post, if, if you're looking for some players to recruit, um, out of the Philadelphia area, um, he's one of the, one of the better ones to, he's sending a lot of players, uh, to the, to the NEI, a kid that's playing really good basketball right now, um, uh, is Malika Edwards out of William Penn. Um, 
And I want to I want to talk about him just because he's a sophomore, and I think this is important to talk about. You know, uh, we live in a world that where you know things maybe don't go how you want to do in your first year of college basketball. People enter the transfer, and uh, Malik Edwards is a kid that had Division One offers. Uh, uh, talking to talking to uh, some of his his Philly people um, this weekend who hit, hit us up on the, on the website. Um, you know, he had Division One offers out of high school. Uh, played at a really good high school uh, in, in Philadelphia, and uh, he uh, chose William Penn. Uh, only pl- only played, I think, thirteen minutes a game last year, but he only averaged five points per game. Uh, played behind. We know how good the William Penn team was last year with all their All Americans. Um, you know, he played behind an All American last year, uh, and, and now he's finally getting his his chance to shine. He's leading William Penn uh, with seventeen point seven percent or seventeen point seven points. Um, while shooting 41.4% from the three-point line. And uh, just any kid that's listening out there, and I know that there's these stories like Malik Edwards uh, across the NEI, but, you know, the, those kids that stick it out and then have, you know, work on their game over the summer, um, you know, you just turn around, you can still have a great career. You know, we see it at the Division One level all the time too, but, um, you know, I just feel feel like in, in the world of, of transfer portal, uh, it's cool to see these kids who maybe didn't have great freshman years uh, coming out and now having good sophomore years because they stuck to it. Yeah, good things come for those who wait. I talked to a, a high school coach earlier this week about a guy that's, here's your weekly shout out, playing at Holy Cross. And he said that kind of a similar thing where he had offers to go to multiple schools, uh, but just decided to stay local and thought Holy Cross was a good fit, best for the player, you know, kind of just situation wise, probably should have been close to home. And so we decided to do it, and now he's fitting in nicely. Tommy Snyder is a guy who's averaging close to a double-double as a freshman for Holy Cross. So it's all about situation. Sometimes the fit is just right, and so you don't want to mess up a good thing. So if a kid feels comfortable, you know, Edwards feels comfortable at William and Penn, just stay there, right? You understand that the coach cares a lot about you. You understand that your professors care a lot about you, and you're not going to get that at a lot of, you know, bigger programs. So – it's it's so much about fit and if the kid can settle in and and, and trust his coach and, and trust the program, you're going to reap the benefits. I will um, just contradict myself. I talked about defense earlier. When you look at the scores from the past week, how many games, how many teams hit triple digits? I think the scoring is so up in the NAI. It might you know speak to the level of talent. I just think across the board, the offensive outputs of some of these teams has, has been truly remarkable. It's been, it's 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 interesting to see. Obviously, I, I'm a defensive first kind of guy, but the scoring and the, the outputs are incredible and have been incredible the last few weeks. And I'll I'll tie that in, kind of piggybacking right off of that with our our maybe a new segment, Raekwon Elliott uh, update, which we talked <laughs> earlier about about how they'll play Talladega, uh, just a, a quiet forty nine. Uh, and getting 38 a game on the year. So, yeah, he uh, he is still on the tear that he's been in from the start. Oh, OPSU, uh, Oklahoma Panel State, I know that uh, uh, they got a couple guys out right now. They're, they're working on getting healthy. Um, hopefully they can get back. But, uh, um, you know, I, for, for those that are on the podcast, I hope uh, I hope you're watching kind of what Caitlin Clark even that Iowa is doing. And, um, you know, some of those – elite scores like a like a Raekwon Elliott um you know they're I, I'm trying to put this the best way you know a lot of people 
look at them and see that they're taking a lot of shots like Clayton, Caitlin Clark, you know, some of the comments I see about her is that, you know, she, which people don't obviously watch the full games because she actually, they had another triple double uh, the other night. So she does pass the ball quite often and quite well. Um, but you know, when she's pulling from, you know, right across half court um, and making shots, but like their shooting percentage is so dang high. Like, how do you <laughs> not like, I know Raekwon Elliott's taking, you know, sometimes 20, 25 shots a game. Um, but like, you know, people are throwing boxing ones at him, triangles and two at him, uh, everything in, you know, everything but the kitchen sink basically at this kid. And he's still putting up big time percentages from, from not just from three, but, you know, even, even against the, the against the free throw line as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I wanted to elaborate because it, it is crazy to watch uh, a Raekwon Elliott, you know, with, um, you know, they, they got some firepower coming and, and we'll see if he still takes as many shots, uh, then, but like again, you know, if you're taking 20, 25 shots a game and you're still over 50% and 40% uh, slash line, I mean, that is insane. So, uh, and I think it's it's probably worth noting. I, I played with a guy who was a high volume shooter, and it, I think it's easy to label, label some of these guys selfish or whatever you want to say. But his thing was always like, I'm not taking these shots to try and score as many points. As I as I can, I'm taking these shots because I think that I can make them, and I want the team to win, and I think it's going to help the team win. So Raekwon Elliott, yes, is shooting, you know, maybe 25 attempts a game, but he's shooting them to help the team win, right? He's doing everything he can to, to lead his team to victory. So it's easy to look at and think, oh, maybe he's you know ball hogging or whatever it is, but certainly that is not the case. Yeah, I I agree with that too, and. I'm actually going to stick with another player for, for uh, uh, this one. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about a lot about, you know, the player, a lot of players that, um, you know, have maybe been around the NEI here the last couple of years. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the Riley Minixes of the world and the, and the, uh, oh my God, Mason Walters of the, you know, <laughs> Mason of the world, uh, you know, guys like that. We, we've talked about those guys and, and rightfully so too, but, um, you know, some of these new guys are, you know, that are coming to the NEI are starting to make some names for themselves too. And, uh, Jalen Brooks out of LSU Shreveport, um, uh, you know, all American for, for one, going to be an all American, uh, two, uh, arguably one of the best players in the country. Just a lot of fun to watch, uh, hit, hit the game winner, uh, this year. Um, you know, just how they drew it up. I know it was one of the comments on that. <laughs> Thing because uh, I think the ball trickled out and he picked it up and kind of shot it and uh, shot the three and, and won uh, this weekend. But uh, uh, Jalen Brooks is, is a D2 transfer from Southern Arkansas. And, uh, you know, Coach Kyle Blankenship finds finds some really good players no matter what level they're coming from. Uh, and and Jalen Brooks is going to add to that mix of, of, of one of the great players that, to come through uh, LSU Shreveport. So uh, wanted to, wanted to kind of throw out a new name. Uh, maybe that people don't quite know yet because it's still kind of early in the season, early in his NEI career. But uh, if, if you haven't watched uh, LSU Shreveport and Jalen Brooks play, uh, do yourself a favor and do it because uh, he he could be at the end of the year part of that conversation for National Player of the Year. And I and I can't I can't do all players, Pat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do one team here that I uh, uh, coming off a big week and in, in the, a team that. We actually kind of liked uh, uh, coming out of the preseason. They were in our magazine. Uh, we talked about them a little bit in uh, this Eastern Oregon team. And they're a team that um, very well coached already. Uh, but, but you know, they're a team that actually it, it, kind of a fun slash weird situation where uh, they have some new, quite a few new guys, but they all played together at the junior college level. So, um, you know, it's not their first year playing 
you know necessarily with each other now they are playing with some other new new guys uh so it's kind of a weird mix but uh it's starting to kind of pan it you know pan out and, and they're starting to find their way a little bit um and, and eastern oregon is a, a team that uh coming off a huge weekend the four wins in a row now um they've beaten providence oregon tech uh and then southern oregon uh you know those are the the uh, two uh i'm sorry they, they've won three games in a row but those are the two uh uh, games this weekend uh, uh, with at home, but they got uh, knocked off a, a Oregon Tech team who I think's you know still trying to find their way a little bit. I know that Indiana trip uh, uh, kind of hurt them, and then they lost uh, two road games uh, again this weekend. But uh, I still like that Oregon Tech team, and um, you know they've lost a lot of games, but they're a team that come March and you know come come February and March you may not want to play, but then you turn around and uh, they knocked off a very good and and uh, hot Southern Oregon team. Um, so just a big, big, uh, a big weekend for them. Um, you know, they're going to turn around. I know they have a, a exhibition game with Boise State coming up, but then uh, they turn around uh, on Friday night. Um, they have to play. Uh, they host College of Idaho. Um, so going to be going to be a fun one uh, that weekend, too, and see if they can kind of carry their momentum. Uh, but a team that, that, you know, lost a couple games early on in the year, uh, but seem to be kind of finding their way uh, as of late. So we'll see if they can continue on. Eastern Oregon is a team that uh, maybe to keep an eye on uh, as we move forward in the season. Yeah, and that's a nice transition into next week as we start looking as uh, at what's ahead for us. And you just mentioned Oregon Tech; they've got a good test uh, next weekend against Southern Oregon. And you nailed it with Oregon Tech, where that road trip, you know, it didn't go certainly the way they planned. Certainly, the when they arrived back, it's not gone the way that they would like, but. They've got a, an opportunity now to kind of right this ship and, and build some momentum as they head into the second semester. I want to take on Southern Oregon this week. I uh, So we're kind of in that – we've talked about it a little bit with Coach Wright, you know, at that time period where kids are basically in finals week. Some some people like Langston maybe are already done with finals. Yeah. Um, but but this is a big finals week for a lot of people. So um, you're not going to see in, – in this week and maybe trickling into next week a little bit too, but um, – we don't have as many conference games as we've had the last couple of weeks. Uh, still have some big ones, um, but on two or on Wednesday night, December seventh, um, a couple games uh, uh, that uh, you may want to circle um, as a non-conference game with a team that we just talked about uh, with Indiana Tech traveling to Olivet Nazarene. Um, I, I'm excited about that one, uh, and then we have actually a conference matchup. Um, you know, a, a top twenty-five showdown in the heart of America, uh, Mid American Nazarene. Uh, traveling to Evangel, uh, 13th ring Evangel. Uh, and, you know, Josh Pritchett uh, at Evangel is having a big-time year. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I certainly want to mention, make sure we mention him. But uh, Mid-America Nazarene, uh, as, we're, as you're talking about some of the, the best players in the country, a, a guy that we've been watching for years and, and love uh, at, at Mid-America Nazarene is Anthony Brown. Um, kind of a six-five do-it-all guard forward. I mean, um, did hurt his ankle a little bit last game, so it'll be kind of interesting to kind of see uh, if he's back healthy. Uh, but uh, Anthony Brown's one of the best players in the country as well. He has been. He was an All-American. I think he's a two-time All-American now. Um, you know, a kid that uh, um, you know we we've been we've heard rumors the last couple of years that uh, uh, some Division ones were trying to recruit him away, um, and another kid that just stuck uh, stuck around and. Um, even with a coaching change this year, um, you know, to, to Adam Hepker, uh, uh, Anthony Brown's a heck of a ball player. And another one I'm circling is, we talked about them earlier too, is Indian Wesley and taking on Bethel. 
Wesleyan goes on the road, picks up a big win against Marion. Bethel is a team that, you know, was on our stock risers report a few weeks ago and, and continues to rise. And these are probably two of the top, you know, four teams in the Crossroads League that are going to do battle this week. And, and I think now you mentioned teams that, you know, are maybe going to get tripped up or whatever. This is, these games are, are so important. You just want to continue to build, right? You just want to continue to play your, your best basketball. And, and I think we'll see Wesleyan um, kind of in a, in a get-right situation now. Um, and just another team that, that I think might be in another get-right situation is Jessup, who, who has struggled, um, you know, early in the season, but has won a couple, couple in a row. Now they play a Menlo team uh, this week as well. So another one I'm interested to watch. Uh, another one I'll just end it on on this one. Uh, uh, it's going to be Thursday night, and uh, you know, got to go back to GSAC play. Uh, road road games are, are super tough. The good part about this road game for for Ottawa, Arizona, uh, and and you said about get right games. You know, they're coming off a tough a tough loss to uh, Hope International this past weekend, but uh, uh, they've played at Arizona Christian already in a classic. You know, with with Oklahoma City, so. Um, you know, they have played at this arena or at Arizona Christian, uh, uh, but, you know, playing Arizona Christian at Arizona Christian is, is very, very tough. Uh, but two teams I like a lot. I'm excited to uh, to watch those guys play. I know Arizona Christian's waiting to get healthy, too. Um, so that, that's a team that, you know, as you're, as you're circling your, you know, your teams for contenders for, for Road to Muni. Um, and it's a team that we probably could see in Kansas City without uh, being fully healthy just because they're so good and so deep. Uh, but if Dennis Flowers, uh, when he can return to Arizona Christian, um, you know, whether it be this weekend or next semester or whenever, um, this Arizona Christian team is full of star power. Yeah, and I think another one to circle is certainly Florida College versus Southeastern. I think we should label this one um, something like guys that feel like they've been in the NAIA for 20 years now, Bull. Uh, when you think about Matt Simpson versus Riley Minnick, Riley Minnick's back healthy, uh, Matt Simpson rounding into form. So, Certainly, two of the two of the top guys in the NAI, two really talented players that have, that have been really talented, you know, really good players for their program for a long time now. So excited to see those two uh, get after it. Yeah, and just just uh, before we close up shop, to add to it, you know, Riley uh, uh, Minnick's coming back uh, uh, off his double uh, injury and, and putting up twenty four points and twenty three rebounds in the in the yeah. game, and then uh, you know you got a Matt Simpson uh, who, who was an All American himself and. Uh, struggled a little bit early on in the year, but uh, um, you know, I, I said on on uh, social media and and uh, I, just for laughs and giggles, I know that he uh, took it well. But uh, you know, some kids, uh, you know, they they struggle and they go in and maybe even at halftime and change their shoes. But uh, uh, Matt cut off his mullet and uh, had to had to one of his best games of the season. So um, yeah, it's it, good call on that one. It's gonna be a fun uh, fun game and. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's not a lot of conference games this week. Uh, uh, still some good games. Um, but you know, as we, as we turn into the finals week, you know, I, I do want to say, uh, or do wish, uh, everybody, uh, best of luck on their finals, um, whether it be this week or next week, or, you know, hopefully if you took them last week, you, you, you passed your, passed your exams, but, uh, next week we'll talk a little bit about, uh, um, you know, as, as we come out of, out of break, um, uh, after the holidays, uh, you know, we're gonna start seeing some rosters shift, uh, with, with some added players and it's, uh, it's an interesting time of year, and I know Pat and I like to talk about it, just be, the the dimension of, of what that means. So, um, you know, until next time, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you for listening, and this is Junior and Pat signing off.